Welcome back to TGC Q&A, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition, where each week you'll hear conversations between members of our council and friends who provide their unique perspective on your most pressing spiritual questions. On today's episode, Josh Atro and Mark Allen discuss the question, what do ineffective apologetics look like? Let's listen in. What does ineffective apologetics look like in today's world? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things we're dealing with culturally at this moment is an incredible polarization. Now, you know, part, I think in some ways there's been a divide in our, in our nation, you know, for a while. But we've, we've seen, it seems from all sides, people recognize they're, that right now we're at a kind of climactic moment (laughs) it's at least it feels that way for so many social media as well as just you know the politics and I think the temptation can be for us when we think about apologetics to think about like okay here's my five minute on whatever uh, new show (laughs) and and so we kind of imbibe you know the talking heads on Mm. 8 p.m. you know 24-hour news as like well yeah that's apologetics that's that's a type of, you know, yeah, and, and, and really what's happening, we need to understand what's happening here, is that um, right now you get ratings, you know, by appealing to your own side. And so getting people on your own side, whether it's politically or cultural issues, to say, yeah, to basically appealing to the base. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the goal of apologetics? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, of course, the goal of apologetics is 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 to persuade people who aren't already persuaded. Now there is a yeah, you want to you want to um, comfort and reassure and gain help people gain more confidence. That's one role of apologetics. But if we're thinking evangelistically, the goal is to persuade them to to listen to the gospel and take it serious. And and yet if we take the tactics from the kind of culture and how how it's interacting, it's actually going to do the opposite. It just makes further polarization for people who aren't already in our Christian camp. And so I think one of the ways to do apologetics is just mimic how the cultural conversation's going. Um, mm. Be extreme, you know, um, appeal to your own base, don't worry about their assumptions, just run over them. Yeah. And you'll get, you can maybe get that of boys from, from your Christian team or from your church, but you're not likely to persuade. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, another way, I mean, again, another way that might be ineffective is to have a canned approach. Yeah. It, not to say that we should not have good reasons, know the arguments for the resurrection, uh, know the basic arguments for the existence of God, know why the Bible is trustworthy. These arguments are very, very important. But the danger is maybe we have a favorite apologetic, something, uh, some argument that convinced us and persuaded mm-hmm. us. And we think that if we just get people to this one argument, this proof of the re- five proofs, proofs of the resurrection or whatever it may be, yeah. that it's effective for everyone. And so we don't look across the table at the person in front of us and, and actually deal with, with the deepest questions of their hearts, what, what might, um, might have caused them to, to stray away from a belief in God. Yeah, yeah we've got to, we've got, so poor apologetics doesn't deal with, with where people are, actually are, or, or it takes their objections Another way, maybe another way to put this is it takes their objections and responds directly to their objections without ever getting at the assumptions um, that actually lead to these objections. And so you take an issue like, uh, you know, for instance, evil and suffering, 
and, and, and somebody has an objection on evil and suffering, which is a huge issue in this mm-hmm. podcast, we're not going to solve that, yeah. certainly. But it, it seems to me one of the assumptions is that, that people typically make, just because of the air we breathe in our culture, is that if God, if there is a good reason for suffering and even the world, evil in the world, I should know it. Mm. Well, that's a uniquely modern way to approach suffering that most people in most cultures in human history haven't had that assumption. Mm. And so if, if, if we always simply respond directly to what's being said and never dig beneath the assumptions and say, hey, consider your, histor- your cultural and historical situatedness. If there is a God, and he's anything like the God of the Bible, then he's going to have reasons that we can't mm. wrap our head around. In other words, you're dealing with the assumptions, and then, and then you can come in with some more things to say about that problem, and, and a lot more needs to be said. But, but, but the kind of, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't play into their kind of standards, letting them set the standard. I think that can be a problem in apologetic if we don't ever get to these bigger assumptions. Yeah. So as we look at uh, these problems, how do we give people, maybe we could turn it, a bit. How do we help people and lead them to hope? How do we avoid yeah. doing the uh, the ineffective ways and and lead people to hope? Yeah. Well, I think so. One of the things we've talked about is to start off this podcast is polarization, yeah. and and so part of the part of the kind of issue with polarization and the issue right now with Western culture is not only their polarization, but attached to polarization is this kind of abiding despair, Mm -hmm. this loneliness. I mean, if if you just, you know, you you, you pick up one of my favorite columnists, uh, David Brooks in New York Times, and he's beating this drum, it seems like, weekly, that Mm -hmm. kind of some things happen relationally, the fabric of our society where yeah, yeah, you know, we, we have modern medicine and just incredible things going on, and yet people, you know, the, disp- the, the, the depression rates are sky high, suicide rates are sky high. What's going on? And so people seem to be in despair. Yeah. And so one of the things we need to do as Christians is to step into their despair and give them hope. Yeah. And, 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 and if, so people are hungry for hope or desperate for hope. And so rather than feeding into this kind of polarization or feeding into this doomsday kind of mentality, saying, you know, showing them how the resurrection can, gives hope, gives meaning, gives significance to life, and also gives us a reason to actually care that this God came into our world who cares about this world and actually died for his enemies. And so there's, there's, not, there's not only meaning and hope and significance, but there's a reason actually to not treat everyone as your enemy. There's a reason actually to love those yeah. who don't love you. Yeah. So to me, that's a hopeful vision and a one that our, our culture is desperately in need of. Yeah. So an ineffective apologetic <laughs> would be one that we're just trying to show and demonstrate how other people are wrong. Mm-hmm. But an effective apologetic would not only help people to see the errors in their thinking, but also would lead them to ha- a place to begin to have hope. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A. To submit a question that you would like to hear answered on this podcast, send us an email at ask at And remember to subscribe to our show 
on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A.